welcome to the Freed Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Heil, founding member of the Freed Fellowship and Freed Media. This is a podcast dedicated to bridging the gap between entrepreneur and entrepreneur. In this episode, you'll hear one Freed story from someone who made the jump from the corporate world to the vast unknown of entrepreneurship. We at Freed Media know that the road to entrepreneurship can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. We hope that in sharing Freed stories, that you will gain some tangible tips on how to get freed yourself. It's our mission to provide support and community for those working their five to nine side hustles and jotting down their someday business plan. We're navigating the journey ourselves, and we'd love to take you along with us. Ready to get freed? It's Maggie here, stepping in for Jackie today. I have Andy and Nathan here with me. If you haven't heard their episodes before, check out our previous episodes. We will have the links in the show notes for you to listen to so you can learn a little bit more about who they are, what brought them to Freed, and how they play a role in our whole Freed venture here. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different from our usual episodes, and we are going to be answering some questions that we've gotten from our Freed community, all about entrepreneurship in general, our Freed community, and so much more. So let's get right into it. Hey, Andy. Hey, Nathan. Hi, Maggie. Nice to see you. Hey, Andy. Hey, Maggie. Hey, everyone. We're all here virtually. We'd love to be here in person together. That'd be fun. Yeah, we should plan one in the future. One of these days. All right. So the first question that we have is going to be, what's the first thing that I should do? Which I assume is related to starting a business, starting a venture. So what do y'all think about that? So Maggie, that's a great lead in because you know that's probably one of the most frequent questions we get is just like either what is the first thing I should do? What's the next thing? I should do. So it's a super, you know, frequently asked question. At the same time, it's one of the hardest questions to ask because everybody's at a different place in their journey. And the thing that I say, and and I did not come up with this quote, I think it's from (laughs) a frozen movie, but you should always think about doing the next right thing, you know, from a frozen movie. That is (laughs) the second one, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I, I believe it is. But it also applies in business as well as a mythical world. It's the idea that a journey of a thousand miles, you know, begins with that first step. And what I always tell entrepreneurs and founders is that what's the next right thing that you can do? And what's funny is that even in the the most foreign, unfamiliar situation that someone finds themselves in, their gut always kind of tells them what they should be doing. And to unearth that, I often say like, hey, what's the thing that's giving you the most amount of angst? What's the thing that is worrying you the most that like, it's like really eating at you. And they'll say, oh, you know, I don't have a customer. Then I'll say, well, probably the next best thing or the next right thing for you to do is get your first customer. If you do it, you know, call somebody, friend or family, a a referral from a friend or family, get that first customer, service them and see how that goes. So that's just an example. But again, it's such a universal question of what's the first thing to do? What's the next thing to do? But what I would always say is, you know, kind of look within yourself and figure out what is that biggest thing that's holding you back, that's giving you the biggest amount of fear. And nine times out of 10, it is that next thing that you should be doing. So hopefully that's general guidance that anybody can kind of take and and use it very specifically because, you know, I think everybody, if they applied it to their current situation, they know the thing that's nagging them, you know, the thing that they're holding back, the thing that they say, oh, I need to do this, but I'm going to take out the trash instead. You know, it's always that thing that they're putting off is usually the next right thing that they should be doing. Nathan, I think I would add to that, that 
yeah, everybody has a different context and different situations. So it, it is difficult to say. I think that's why Andy's advice is, is in the right direction because, you know, we can't give a generally everybody should do this thing first when they start a business or this thing next because we don't know where they are. But for me, I think the first thing that I should do or the next thing that I should do is take action. <laughs> so whatever it is, it's just you need to move forward in some way. And a lot of times what I've found useful for myself is when you're creating a business or you are, I mean, just living a lot of times, but uh, especially as an entrepreneur, there's, it is really overwhelming. There's so many things that you could do. There's so many things that you should do. There's so many things that people tell you to do and it gets overwhelming and you can feel paralyzed beyond, you know, just the normal human feelings of worry and fear that you're going to fail and all of those things. And so what I always I think it's kind of something from getting things done um, kind of methodology, which is just what's the next small thing that you could do. So I, you know, okay, I have a, you know, I, oh, I need to do a new uh, marketing campaign. Well, okay. What's, what's the smallest thing that I could do to get my new marketing campaign moving forward. So maybe it's okay. I just need to write 10 headlines to give me, you know, get my, my brain juices going. So whatever it is, like small actions, just keep going with those small actions. And that's usually, the best way to then get momentum, but it is really difficult for the first thing. I mean, the really, the first thing you should do though, if I were to give advice about somebody who's never started a business before and they're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, the first thing you should do is find a problem that people are willing to pay to have solved, because that's the basis of a business is solving a problem for people that they're willing to pay to have solved. So if you can find a problem that people are willing to have pay to have solved, you have the seed of a business idea. And that kind of goes back to what Andy was saying about like finding a customer, finding someone to serve. And then once you serve one person, then, you know, you can get feedback and you can learn how you can adjust your offer or figure it out in terms of kind of the one step at a time. My dad says a funny joke, which is like, how do you eat an elephant? And it's one bite at a time. And in the game of entrepreneurship, it's just one step at a time, one bite at a time, one one moment at a time to get us through. Yeah, with, with, with a little hot sauce. You know? <laughs> yeah, with a little bit. <laughs> 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 just to eat it straight, you know. But um, and and we we don't encourage any elephant. No, eating, just to be no clear. elephant. Eating. <laughs> so um, last comment, you know, off of Nathan's last point and off of Maggie's point is that. Yeah, often the next thing or the first thing you should do revolves around making a sale. It's the hardest part of a business, but also the lifeblood is that you have to make sales. So that hard thing or that first thing usually involves, you know, making a sale. Sure, there are hundreds of things you got to do administratively, technically, legally that you have to do for a business and you've got to make sales. So to me, the first thing you do is make a sale, make a sale, sell something. When in doubt and you're wondering what to do in your business, sell. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you, you'll, you'll, you'll never go wrong selling. So I think, you know, kind of piecing all those pieces of advice together, I think that that kind of gives you a sense of what is the first thing you do, what's next, or at least how to think about it. And along that topic from Lindsay in our community, she asked, how do I become a limited liability company? Perfect. Well, thank you, Lindsay, for that question. That kind of goes back to, and it's a, a good question to, to hit on after our first question, because definitely, you want to you know, incorporate your business in some legal structure in order to, and this is not legal advice. Let me just give that disclaimer first. I, we are not giving out legal advice, but overall, 
you know, it makes sense for most business owners to incorporate in some form or fashion, whether as a S or C corp or as a LLC, you know, in, in some kind of entity for a number of reasons. There's uh, tax implications. There's also uh, legal liability implications. And you might have partners or you may want to be taking capital or some kind of investment into the company. So most people will not invest into an individual they, they want to or need to invest in an entity. So there are you know, dozens of reasons that make sense to you know, form an entity that you operate your business out of. And there are some super great services out there. LegalZoom you know, does a great job. A Rocket Lawyer does a great job. There's a, a newer company that um, I'm quite familiar with called FirstBase.io. Uh, so FirstBase.io, uh, you can incorporate internationally or domestically. That, that's a great company coming up. And they'll actually help you with a lot of the other elements of setting up accounts and, and things like that. So a super great service. So there's a lot of things you know, out there that can help you get your company up and started. So you should definitely, you know, do that and, and, you know, seek advice, legal advice, you know, depending on what you need to do. Do you want, I don't want to get too detailed, but do you want to pass through entity like an LLC or do you need something that, that is more like a, a C corp, which if you are taking on investors, they tend to want to invest in a C corp. But I say all that, you know, from a technical standpoint, and most people make their first sale before they incorporate before they create a legal entity. So if I was starting a baking business, I would probably not form, again, this is not advice that I'm giving, but uh, most likely I'd probably sell, you know, a bunch of cakes or, you know, muffins or whatever I'm selling to see whether or not there's demand for it before I even incorporate it, you know, as an entity. You know, I would use that. To, I'd almost make it an incentive to say, okay, well, the full incorporation process or entity formation process is going to cost me $500. I'm just throwing out a number. And when I get $500 in sales, that's the first place it's going. I'm going to start my entity and, and do everything else. So I, I think that entity formation is very, very important. Let me stress that. And I think sometimes people hesitate to do the things that they need to do to see whether or not there's interest in their business. And then they get stuck on it. And they're like, well, I'm not sure what to start. So I'm not going to start. So it goes back to Nathan's point. You know, like, I think you start, don't sell a million cakes and, and not have any entity protection, especially with, you know, again, I'm giving an example that's a food product. So and sell stuff that's healthy. You know, and So I, I agree. People need to be very, very thoughtful about legal protection, but people need to start. And then, you know, think about all the administrative and, and legal components there. And there's a lot of resources that are out there to help. Yeah, I would just say to add on to that, that if you're at a point where you think you need an LLC, you probably do. Um, and it's go ahead and form one. And I wouldn't overthink it too much uh, because they're really easy to form. You know, the one that I've used uh, several times, easy, which worked really well, is fairly affordable. Uh, it's an ink file. I've used years and years ago, I think I used LegalZoom, but Inkfile is one that I've used recently and works really well and easily. It's not too expensive. You know, the main thing I think that some people get hung up on, I did, you know, when you start to form an LLC, it's like, oh, everybody says that you should form an LLC in Delaware or in Wyoming or Nevada. Yeah. And the reality is that for 99.9% .9 of businesses, you should just form an LLC in the state where you're going to be doing your primary operations. So if you happen to live in Delaware, Delaware. If you happen to live in Nevada, Nevada. If you're from Michigan or Florida, wherever, you, because the, the tax filings and the way that you have to um, do some other things related to you know, operating a business, it's just easier and it's less sketchy looking 
when it comes to the IRS if you are incorporated in your, your home state. The people who need to incorporate in Wyoming, Nevada, and Delaware without living there have much more complex situations, and they ha- can afford to hire lawyers to tell them what to do. Uh, so most people don't fall into that bucket. So I would just go to LegalZoom or Inkfile, have your name. You know, they'll do a study or they'll have a search for so you can make sure that nobody else has the name in your state. File, and then within you know a day or two, you have your LLC and you have the legal protections that come with it. So basically what we're saying is make some sales to feel like your business actually has a path forward and to make the money in order to establish your LLC, go through a simple third party that will help you establish it. And But do not allow your lack of incorporation to keep you from making the steps that you need and incorporate in your actual state of living or operating. That sounds great. Our next question is from Janice, and she kind of along the same track of getting started in business. She is wondering, how do you set up a simple bookkeeping system that works? So bookkeeping, again, you know, um, you know, I, I thought that that was pretty good general thoughts and, and I won't say specific guidance because, again, we're, we're not providing any guidance to any specific uh, people's situation. But um, I think between what I shared and what Nathan shared with their incorporation makes perfect sense. You know, just do it. <laughs> you know, uh, don't think too long about it. Uh, uh, and remember, when you do it, you can change it. <laughs> Almost anything that you do here, you can change it over time. And I think th- that goes pretty well and is very, very similar to bookkeeping services. So um, most people, just by numbers, use a very simple bookkeeping uh, service like QuickBooks. You know, so, so so many people just open up a QuickBooks account and they manage their finances through QuickBooks. You know, there's another service that's that's growing in popularity called Zero X E R O Zero. So that that's gained some pop- popularity. So I would use a very simple bookkeeping service. They they tend to have very affordable options like a Zero or, or um, a QuickBooks, and just get it started started there. If you start in QuickBooks, you can transfer over to zero. If you start in zero, you can transfer over to QuickBooks. You know, like again, move towards action. Don't spend so much time with those elements. What I would say is that I am a big fan of using third-party bookkeepers. You know, there are places where you can like hire online. I mean, you can go to Upwork or there's a, you know, other sites like, uh, I think it's called Paro, Belay Solutions. There's multiple ones out there where you can hire a bookkeeper and, you know, varying different prices depending on where your business is but i always think that having a you know a third party bookkeeper always is ideal if you can find it just because like i find that business owners and entrepreneurs spend so much time on the minutia tied to that that it can almost feel uh, overwhelming especially if that's not their forte if you haven't taken an accounting class in the past now you you need to know your numbers you know if you're building a business you're going to have to be familiar with it but if that's not your strong suit Having a partner there, again, when I say partner, not necessarily a partner in the business, but uh, somebody that a uh, service provider that you could riff off of, ask some questions, uh, that, that would be so super helpful. Um, there's starting to be a lot of services out there that give you like virtual bookkeeping services. There's one called Bench. Um, I believe they're out of Canada. A wonderful service for like uh, if you're starting out and they kind of do it all and they do the monthly closings and, and things like that. Um, another great business called Zendu, 
uh, X E N D O O. Uh, for some reason, accounting services like use X's. I don't know why, but um, uh, versus Z's. Uh, but Zendu uh, X E N D O O. Um, I believe they're out of Florida, but they're they're nationwide. Uh, they're available throughout the country. And these are great virtual bookkeeping services because, you know, they charge you a monthly fee and then they just do everything, you know, and then you hook up your bank account to their systems and it pulls all the transactions and they'll classify it for you. And then, that, you know, if they have a question, they'll ask you. So if your business is growing enough and you have enough volume that you can afford to spend those extra dollars per month to have a bookkeeping service like that, man, it takes so much load off your head and then you can get back to selling and, you know, and growing your business and doing that. If you don't, then again, sign up for a very, very simple bookkeeping service like QuickBooks, you know, or a zero. And, you know, just, just try to keep it simple, you know, really try to keep it simple. You don't want to be overwhelmed by bookkeeping so early in your life as, as a company. The recommended tool that I would uh, say you, you should start with, uh, if you pick one would be Wave, W-A-V-E. Um, I've used Zoom and FreshBooks and a bunch of others. Um, they all work the same. The advantage of Wave is that it's free. Um, unless you are, so if you, you can, you know, connect it to your bank account, it'll import transactions. It's really easy to then assign them. That's a very simple, um, chart of accounts, uh, that's built into it, which you can add to if you want. And where they make their money is they sell a payroll service. So if you do have employees, you can hire them to, to do the payroll for you. And if you send an invoice through wave, they take a fee, um, as a percentage of the, of the amount invoiced. So, um, you know, if you invoice $100, they'll take like 3 or $4 out of it. Um, but then you don't have to use a separate tool like PayPal or uh, any others. And it's, it's a very intuitive tool. It works really easy. And again, it's, it's great because it's free. So for most businesses, it's a good place to start. And then if things get more complicated, as Andy mentioned, you can switch over to, to a different tool that might be you know, more accountant-friendly. Wow. And, and for those listeners that haven't listened to Nathan's podcast episode yet, uh, please listen to it. Um, don't go deep into it. We haven't gone deep into it, but Nathan knows every single tool known to man. <laughs> I don't quite know everyone, but I, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah. Nathan is our, our resident tool expert. So he, he knows every single online tool. So uh, he, he can recommend any. So if anybody has a question, send in a question on tools to Nathan and uh, put it in the subject line. Say, Nathan, what should I use for and an X? And we'll make sure to link all the tools and services and kind of any resources that we mention in here in the show notes for y'all to click through and to activate into your business as they suit you. Janice Sounds had good. another question about kind of along these same lines, which was, which is the best way to stay on top of the paperwork and the time sensitive filings like the IRS? Yeah. So you definitely want to file your taxes and <laughs> do that. I mean, that like out of everything that we've mentioned, um, that's probably the number one thing you got to stay on top of because, you know, they're due every year. You got to file. Even if you didn't make anything, um, you still got to file uh, depending on what entity you are. If it's a pass through entity and you know, you're filing on your own tax return, you need to file your own tax return, but, you know, mention the kind of business that you're doing on the side. Uh, if it is an entity, you may need to file uh, a filing for the entity itself. Again, you know, do not take this as uh, tax advice. Uh, but what I would say is that 
not too dissimilar from everything else that we said. There are ways you can do it yourself. A lot of people file themselves and there are dozens and dozens of tax services. Um, almost every one of the consumer tax services will also help with business filing. So whether it's uh, H&R Block or um, you know, Liberty Tax or you know, any, any of the, the tax services out there, they will do personal taxes and they will also do entity taxes. And in the beginning, you know, I wouldn't get super fancy. I wouldn't hire an accounting firm or anything like that. I would just, you know, if you feel uncomfortable doing it yourself, just go to any reputable, you know, local tax, you know, company and just mention that you have a, you know, side business or operating business or whatever it may be. And you want to file uh, alongside your regular taxes. Now, the, the timing for filing for a business may be earlier than the normal uh, personal taxes. So please check and, and research depending on the kind of company you have, um, you know, when taxes are due for that, when your filings are due for that, but, but, but stay on top of that. But again, you know, I, I am a big fan of trying to find service providers that are cost effective and treating them like partners, you know? So even if you're just going to use that tax service once a year, it's good to build a relationship with them. They know that. They know when the year starts coming up, hey, send me all your paperwork. I'm going to start gathering it. It's super helpful. Sure, you, you pay one lump sum every year, but it's like one less thing you have to worry about. You know, hey, Bill or Lisa does my taxes and I just know I go to Lisa every year and I just, you know, I give her all my paperwork and she just makes it happen. You know, so you don't have to get fancy with it. Just any reputable local tax filer or tax agency preparation service will, will, will do both your personal and your business tax. Yeah, the only thing I'll add is just if you if your business is making money, which hopefully it is, um, you might need to pay quarterly taxes as an advance. So as opposed to where you're as an individual, uh, well, if you're a freelancer, you might have to as well. When you're an employee, that all gets taken care of by your employer. But when you're a freelancer or if you have a, a business entity and you're making money, you might have to pay quarterly payments uh, as advances on your tax, which as an employee, your money, that's withheld from your paycheck. Um, so since you're not an employee, when you're a freelancer or have your own business, uh, you might have to do that. And again, just work with a, you know, a service like h and Block or you know, a bookkeeper that you find you know, is reputable to, to make sure that you file the right paperwork on time. Yeah. And along Nathan's point, and, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here, but uh, if your business is some kind of e-commerce business and you're selling online, there are also state taxes that sometimes you have to file. So just, you know, again, that's why, again, I'm a huge fan of finding somebody to work with because anybody who uh, is either a CPA or a trained bookkeeper will know what your you know, tax liabilities are, you know, uh, depending on the type of business you have. So you'll talk to them and say, hey, I sell this kind of product. I ship it in this many states. Do I have to pay just once a year? Do I have to pay every month? Do I have to you know, pay uh, some kind of tax uh, tied to the actual sales that I make in a given state? So there are all levels of taxes. So sure, they're not fun, um, but you know, we, we, we all got to do it. You know, it's one of those things you got to do. Uh, so, so please, you know, consult somebody, talk to them. And I just think it's, it's so much, again, even if you pay a fee to do it, if you're going to be in business, it makes sense to do it. You don't want to fall behind on this. This is one of those things that isn't optional. You know, like there's a lot of businesses in the U S that operate as sole proprietors that don't operate as entities. So as long as you cover your business and make sure you do everything, uh, fine and you don't have any major hiccups, a lot of people go for years necessarily not having an entity. I don't suggest that. 
but it's able to do that. You can't go for years and not pay taxes, especially if you're making any um, uh, income. Yeah, you, you can't do that. So don't do that. Uh, speak to somebody, find somebody, and there's a lot of tax efficient ones. And and if the if the cost is maybe a, an issue, a lot of local community colleges and a lot of local business you know development agencies will work with uh, small businesses. So you know research those. And and if we have any um, you know any national numbers or anything like that, uh, we'll we'll put that in the show notes. And obviously, we are not CPAs, so we are not providing specific tax advice. We are um, not. Just general advice and to seek out people who are CPAs because they can give you the best advice on that. Here at the Freed Fellowship, we are building a community of talented individuals ready to make theirs and others' business dreams come true. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys next time as we interview another fellow team member. And until then, don't forget to free your mind, free your media.